Our scripture lesson for today, Pentecost Sunday, as it is every year, we focus in on the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. At this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phyriga and Pamphyla, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with too much wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. O people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Many of you have probably heard me talk before that I am a video gamer. I have enjoyed video games pretty much my entire life. I've enjoyed the progression of them as time has gone on and the improvements in the technology and the systems themselves and what you can do with them. And one of the things that I love to do uh, more than anything right now is actually online gaming with several of my friends who I have known for years. We do this pretty regularly, and through the advent of the internet and online connection, it's wonderful because we can play games together from anywhere in the world. And what's really, really fun about it is that we can be connected and not only be playing together, but we can also be talking to, to one another. We put on headphones that click into our, our uh, controllers, and we're able to play the game and talk to one another, almost like we're sitting in the same room, even when we're not. Now, one friend and I do this, do this with one another a lot. We've got a game that we enjoy playing together, and we oftentimes do this. And when we're talking to one another, we're, we're talking about this is what I'm seeing. He's talking about what he's seeing. We talk about strategy and where we want to move to and all this different stuff, and it's this audio connection that we have. 
Every once in a while, though, because the internet signals can be a little strange for whatever reason, reasons that I don't always understand, sometimes that audio connection will get interrupted. Sometimes it's the full connection and we'll completely lose connection and we have to back, the one of us will have to back out of the game and, and we'll kind of start over. That, that happens sometimes. But I can remember one time in particular when, for whatever reason, the signal hiccuped and we lost one aspect of the audio connection. We were still connected in the game. He could still hear my voice, but I could not hear him. And so in that moment, it got really, really tricky. And we were on our phones texting one another. And, and he sent me a message. He's like, I can hear you, but you can't hear me. So we knew that was going on. And so in the game, as we were playing, waiting for the connection to somehow get reestablished, we had to find a new way of communicating. Now, since he could hear me, I would speak to him and basically lay out a plan with yes or no, with a question that was a yes or no answer. And we determined through his movement within the game, what I could see if I looked at him in the game, that he could answer yes or no through a, a, a movement. If he agreed, if he wanted to say yes, he would make his character squat twice. So if I would ask, like, should we go over here? And if he wanted to say yes, he would go, but if he wanted to say no, he would jump up once. So if the, should we go over here? And he wanted to say no, he would jump like that. That was our visual answer, this new way of communicating that, let me tell you, didn't really work very well. And when that period was over and our connection got reestablished, we were very happy for it. Because that form of communication, while it worked, it did not work very well. I bring this up because the idea of communication, of being understood, is at the heart of our scripture for today. We hear this amazing story about the day of Pentecost. Now, the day of Pentecost happened 10 days after Jesus' uh, Jesus' ascension, when Jesus returned to heaven. Now, Jesus had long made the promise to, to the disciples. In fact, we've, we talked about this last week, if you, if you heard that sermon, that, that Jesus has told the disciples, remain in the city, remain together until you are empowered from on high. Jesus has made this promise that the Holy Spirit will empower them, and that is the story that we have today, the day of Pentecost. Now, the day of Pentecost in the Jewish faith is actually a great, great festival. And that's why so many people are gathered in the city of Jerusalem. We hear in the story that there are people from all over the known world. We heard all kinds of different places that they were from, places where they would have their own languages, where they had their own culture, where they have their own, their own nationality even. There's all these different people from all over the world. Now, they do have a connection. We do hear that they are all devout Jews coming from different places, and that's why they're in Jerusalem in the first place. That is why they have all gathered. And perhaps it is fitting that God has chosen this moment for, for this revealing of power, this empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which, which comes blowing into this, this, this gathering, this small gathering of the earliest church in so many strange, strange, eye-opening ways. Now, folks, I love this story. I get really jazzed up about it. I think it's just amazing, and I think it's kind of funny, and it's just this amazing, amazing thing in the life of the earliest church. Now, we have heard, if we read directly before this, that there's about 120 people that are followers of Jesus. That is the church, and they are all waiting for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus had told them. Now, we've got just a little, little tiny bit of ambiguity here. When the story picks up with where we pick up today, we don't quite know 
if it's just the 12 disciples who are gathered together or if it's the whole 120 people and maybe that doesn't really matter either way it's this small group of people but they are gathered and as everyone is together uh, or is in the city I should say as they are all gathered together the Holy Spirit shows up now here's the thing sometimes when God takes action it is in very 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 uh, quiet ways sometimes God's action is is very subtle and it's hard to notice but sometimes when God shows up God shows up in an eye-opening way and that seems to be the case here the first thing we hear about is the sound of a violent rushing wind and as I considered that oftentimes I've thought about it like a hurricane or like a tornado or something of that nature something that we're, we're very familiar with here in in the upper Midwest but I got to thinking back to last summer and this phenomenon which we discovered here in Iowa known as a derecho when suddenly something like almost like a wind shock wave came blowing out in all directions and it cut across the the whole state and caused amazing amounts of damage that is a violent rushing wind and we hear that somehow the spirit comes blowing in like that revealing the power of God now that in itself is amazing and then something even more amazing happens, something that's perhaps foreshadowed on this banner that's right up behind me. Tongues of fire rest upon each individual. Now, I can only imagine what that might have been like. I don't know what a tongue of fire exactly looks like. I can sort of imagine something in my mind, but who knows if I'm accurate or not. But can you imagine being in that room and looking around and seeing your friend over here and fires on his head? Or, or perhaps you even look up and you can see fire on your head. I mean, scary, right? But regardless of this, regardless of the scary nature of violent rushing wind and now fire or something like fire, whatever that means, they begin to speak in different languages or different dialects. They are empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit to speak in the native language of all these different people, all these gathered people who are all around. They're speaking of the deeds of God's power. A crowd gathers together. Now, what exactly gathers the crowd? Well, it could have been that they also heard the wind. It could have been the sight of these tongues of fire, whatever that is, that draws a crowd like, hey, what's going on over there? The natural curiosity of people to go and check things out. Or maybe it's simply because they begin to hear these, these people speaking in their language and it catches their attention. And they're hearing about the amazing deeds of God's power. The people gather and they are amazed at what they are witnessing all of this going on. Now, what seems to be the most amazing thing for them, for those people who were witnessing it that day, is that they recognize this gathering of people as being Galileans. Now, Galilee is, of course, a small region in the northern end of what we now call Israel or Holy Land. It's, it's one of those places that would have their own kind of culture, their own kind of dialect. All of this applies, just like the larger scheme of things. But they recognize them as Galileans, and yet they're hearing these Galileans speak in our language, speak in our native dialect, what we're used to back home. And it's incredible. We hear that the people are amazed. We hear some of them are confused, which I can understand. And then we hear that there's some naysayers in there. And this is one of the things that I think is hilarious about this. No, they are filled with too much wine. They're speaking these different languages simply because they are drunk. Hilarious, right? With that accusation, with this little bit of pushback, Peter stands up among them, among these gathered people who are simply 
empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to, to share in the deeds of God's power. And he shares this long sermon. And the first thing he says is he's like, these guys aren't drunk like you say. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. They haven't had time for the party to really get going yet. But he says, this is evidence of what we heard years and years and years before through the prophet Joel. And then he talks about how in the last days, God declares this. I will, will pour out my spirit, my Holy Spirit upon all people. And then he lists out all these different types of people. All people will be empowered when God empowers them through the presence of the Holy Spirit, when God does these amazing things through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this in itself, which carries on past the end of where we cut things off today, it's this long time of teaching. It's amazing. And with that, we hear 3,000 people were added to the number of the earliest church, to added to the followers of Christ. The church grew from 120 people to 3,000. This continues on through the power of the Holy Spirit among the earliest church doing amazing things. And we hear just a couple of chapters later, another 5,000 people are added. So, so, so rapidly, we begin to see the expansion of the church empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's why we sometimes call this the birthday of the church, because this is where it starts. But what's amazing about all of this is you can bet that those people who were there that day, those 3,000 or so odd people who witnessed what had gone on, these people gathered from all over the known world, you can bet that they took that story home and they too, empowered by the Holy Spirit, would then share the deeds of God's power of what's going on. And with this, not only does, it, does, does the church begin to spread right there around the city, but also around the world when the gospel is carried. When we consider this day of Pentecost, there are many who have interpreted this as a bookend, as an undoing of something that we hear very, very early on in the scriptures, all the way back in Genesis, just about 10 or 11 chapters in. Now, there is a story back in Genesis known as the Tower of Babel. Perhaps you've heard of it, but it happens very shortly after Noah and the flood when the world is beginning to repopulate again, and we hear all of the people had one language, one language in common, and they were all together. And they begin to build a city somewhere in Mesopotamia, what we might eventually call the city of, of Babylon. And they begin to build this together. And they say, the people say, let us do something amazing, otherwise we'll be scattered to the earth. So they begin to build a tower. They say, let's build a tower all the way to heaven. Now, commonly when we think of this, we think God sees them trying to build this tower to heaven and God punishes them. But if we really pay attention, that's actually not the case. God says... If we allow them to continue to do this, they will all remain together. They will not spread over the earth. And I think when God mixes up their language, forcing them to go out and spread their different ways, because at that point now they can't understand each other. They no longer have one language. This is the beginning of different cultures and the beginning of the people spreading around the world, the, the way that cultures and nationalities and language and all these wonderful, diverse things can begin to happen in the world. And that in itself, I believe, is the beginning of God's fulfillment of an earlier command. If we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, if we go back to the first story of creation, as God is creating and creating and creating, one of the things that we hear that's a new step is when God creates animals. Plant life is already around, but God creates animals, and God tells the animals, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And then God makes humanity, 
Let us make humankind in our image. And when God creates humanity, God then gives a new command that builds off that last one. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. But if the people all stay together, which seemed to be the desire of the people at Babel, they all wanted to stay and remain together. Otherwise, they'll be spread. But God wanted them to spread. God wanted humanity, the amazing diversity of humanity, to spread out and fill this wondrous earth. Maybe, just maybe, Pentecost, this moment when all these different cultures and languages and, and, and all kinds of diverse people, diversity among all sorts of things, when all of that comes together and has this shared moment and they can understand one another, they can understand in their own native language, they're hearing about God's deeds of power. Maybe, just maybe, through Babel, God was helping humanity to fulfill that earlier command to fill the earth. And in this moment at Pentecost, God is letting the people come back together to be like, wow. Isn't it amazing what God is up to? Isn't it amazing what God has done? Let us share with you these amazing deeds of God's power, and maybe those deeds of God's power include the, the wondrous aspects of life in this place, and what God has empowered us over in this place, and what God has empowered over in this place, and we all come together and we share in this moment made possible by the connecting power of the Holy Spirit which unites the people together in this amazing moment. That same Holy Spirit unites us together as the church, as the body of Christ, as members of the human race, all together and empowered by the Holy Spirit. As I think about all of this and that uniting power of the Holy Spirit that we also profess, I can think of one more example of a way that perhaps we could see this in our own lives. And that is through a practice that we do every week when we gather together in worship, and that is through the expression of the Lord's Remember, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, and he rattles off the Lord's Prayer. In recent years, probably about the last 15 or 20 years, a slightly different wording of the Lord's Prayer has emerged. It's, it's worded differently in one of the newer hymnals compared with what we use here in Underwood. And so there's one version of the Lord's Prayer, and then there's another slightly different version of the Lord's Prayer, where basically a few of the phrases are just a little bit differently, but they mean the same thing. And I can remember a time, or actually several times, and this happened when I was at camp and I was presiding over Holy Communion. And when I preside over Holy Communion, perhaps you've noticed this, no, normally we'll go through the words of institution and then together we pray the Lord's Prayer. And that's my approach whenever I preside at communion. And so doing this, I acknowledge this, the, these times at camp. That, that different congregations, different individuals, some might be used to one version and some might be used to a slightly different version, but it's all saying the same stuff even if the words are different. And so I've encouraged them when we reach the time of the Lord's Prayer, I want you to utilize the version that you are used to because in the end, we're all gonna get to the same place. But folks, let me tell you, when, when you stand there in front and you hear a whole crowd of people and some of them are, are saying one version and some of them are saying a different version, even though it's basically the same thing that's getting said, the words are all jumbled together and you can't really understand much, but it's all saying the same thing. It's giving glory to the one who made us all in the first place. It's asking for the blessing of the one who made us all in the first place. And is a wonderful, wonderful expression. And that's just one little example of how God and the Holy Spirit can empower us through the diversity of the entire church, 
which reflects the diversity of the entire human race, which reflects the amazing diversity of God's creation. We see how wondrous this love of God is that is made possible and is expressed for us through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the person of Jesus Christ, who has made this relationship with one another possible, who has made all of this a reality, and who invites us to be a part of it.